Greetings, Maltopians. Are you looking to delve deeper into the world of Maltopia? Then check out our Patreon, where you can find written mythos pieces, world maps, found footage, art, Patreon-exclusive shows, and more. Just go to patreon.com forward slash Maltopia and join one of our tiers for access to great new content. Brave the forbidden and embrace the darkness. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hold up. 
Ridge was shocked today as police arrived to investigate two grisly murders. to say the women's feet were sewn together at the bottom of some corpses with the mere images of each other. Freedom can be a terrible thing to behold. However, true freedom will only be achievable when the last of all of this blowing dust has been reinstated as the dream from which it originated. The principal reason for this fact relates directly to what is often mislabeled as our baser nature. When one of us slips the societal yoke and abandons the world of collectivism for the ruthless environs of individualism, then that person becomes a monster. And what precisely is a monster? A monster is a creature that lives beyond false limits and can empty its will into the world without reservation. Now, we're all potential monsters, but not all monsters are created equally, as the shepherd's game shall undoubtedly prove. For you see, one raving lunatic, as freedom can be a little too intoxicating for some, Broken free of human law can attract an army to hunt him down, and send thousands more to lock their doors and cower in corners. But a true artist, such as myself and a select few others, can inspire fear that disturbs the world, and which could someday become solid enough to cast a shadow. Again, something that the shepherd's game might prove true. So, when I saw the pale glow of Jack Lantern's cold blades, and his even colder eyes, I knew just how awful freedom could appear. He was standing at the very edge of the shadows, only slightly visible, like the protruding snout of a crocodile waiting patiently within its placid hunting pool. Initially, I could barely tell he was wearing a mask, but as I strained my eyes to glimpse the face of the killer, I could just make out the dim orange of a smiling jack-o'-lantern, which of course seemed wholly appropriate. As for Janus, I saw him for only an instant when he breached the darkness, like some toothy shark of the shadows, and dove back down into the black as he prowled closer to the killer from Autumn City. Somehow, within the few moments Janus had disappeared, he'd managed to don his signature two-headed mask, a terrifying goblin-looking visage faced forward, while a monstrous goat face glared out from the back of his head. Just as I was about to join Janice in his hunt, something delightfully unexpected occurred that brought the impending conflict to the very brink of bursting. The webs of silence I left in my wake had been softly plucked, and by a careful predator who had tried to blend his silence into my own. I turned around and burned my gaze through the imposter quiet. As I slowly made my way towards the disturbance, the lilting voice of Jack Lantern filled the shadows. Happy Halloween, Frederick. I want to thank you for bringing me to this splendidly dark train. I absolutely love trains. Autumn City has some fantastic ones, but nothing so wonderfully claustrophobic. 
What do you think, Frederick? Will this car be able to hold all the red goodies that are about to spill out? Or will it pop like an overfilled candy bag? Either way, I'm sure it will be fun. The Carver of Souls, as he's also been called, had come for Janice, otherwise known as Frederick, apparently. I was somewhat disappointed that the pumpkin-faced killer had not come for me. But when our eyes met, I was certain Jack Lantern was not averse to killing out of order. Janice snaked his response through the shifting arms of darkness that reached up from the spaces beyond the weak beams of dirty sunlight, careful to keep his words from giving away his location within the shadows. Oh, please, spare me your pretentious yammering, and let's just get on with things. And by the way, those masks of yours are the height of amateur hour. Such hack jobs could hardly manage to conserve more than a mere crumb of chaos. Just look at all the precious potential you've left to spoil, you blithering dimwit. It looks as if I'll have to show you how to make a right and proper mask, and how to do so without spilling so much as a single drop of distilled chance. Though, I'm afraid you won't long outlive my lesson. I had slowly made my way into the slightly inferior silence of the unknown, intrusive killer, when suddenly a gruff voice dragged against the quiet. For such a big fella, you're plenty vigilant, aren't you? Even as I speak, you're sneaking sideways into the shadows, all quiet and lethal. You're almost graceful, or just plain funny. I haven't decided which. I mean, a big dude like you squirreling around just doesn't seem right, you know. I can picture you slipping behind a light post with nothing but your giant body sticking out, like some big dumb cartoon character. Now, that's your sister you just put in your hand, right? I can see why you like her smile so much. But you really ought to think about getting her teeth looked at. They look a little worn down. And there you go again, trying to hide on me. You know, I can see you, right? I caught a dream of yours the other night. It was interesting. But it spilled some big fat guts about some of your methods. So I came prepared. Before I forget, that odorless gas you're not smelling. (laughs) It'll knock you out in just a few minutes. I really don't want to spoil the surprise, but when you wake up, oh boy. (laughs) I wasn't completely sure with whom I was dealing, but I had some ideas. Nonetheless, it was quite plain the killer knew nothing of me, despite what my loose-lipped dream might have intimated to him. I decided to make him aware of that fact. I've a fairly hardy constitution, friend, but I do appreciate the insight, so let me return the favor. If in your dream you spend all your time learning about me, then you most certainly learn nothing about my family. A fatal mistake, I'm afraid. One you will not have a chance to correct. As for the state of my sister's teeth, well... You'll soon be able to judge for yourself how sharp or dull they really are. But if you do get another chance at this, which I seriously doubt, you may wish to consider looking into fixing your own teeth, and how you might learn to keep them from chattering on. My sister flew like a grinning bullet, slamming into his chest shortly before my shoulder did the same. The man was wearing some kind of body armor, along with a gas mask, night vision goggles, and other combat accoutrements. His handguns clattered to the floor as my shoulder connected, so he reached for the large shotgun slung on his back. 
I grabbed the firearm and tore it from his grip. Just as I was about to turn it into a cudgel, an intense flash of light filled my vision. I detected the slightest bouquet of ozone as my body filled with pain and fell writhing to the floor. The shock from his homemade stun gun and the effects of the knockout gas were wearing me down. Now, I uh, know that you were awfully close with your mommy, big man. Where are her bones, I wonder? Did you turn her into a switchblade, or maybe some kind of fancy letter opener? Or do you save her remains for something, uh, a bit nastier? <laughs> it was a base taunt, to be sure, but one that could not go unanswered. I rose from the floor and seized the man, lifting him into the air. I sent him soaring into the opposite wall, but not before he managed to jolt me one more time with his stun gun. I stumbled backward from what seemed a kiss from a lightning bolt. Behind me, I could hear the rising din of Blade dancing merrily as Jack and Janice busily conducted their fatal affairs. Suddenly, Janice was sent bleeding and staggering towards me. I grabbed him before he fell to the floor, allowing him to steady himself. Janice and I took our places in the middle of the benighted passenger car, back to back, our would-be killers closing in from opposite sides. I could feel laughter growing in my chest. Janice's words almost seemed to come from the goat-faced mask strapped to the back of his head. All right, damn it. I'll admit it. This is a rather fun game. The four of us joined our silences together and the resulting void was so fragile, a moth's shadow could have shattered it. The train seemed to vanish, leaving nothing but shadows in motion. The earth shrank to the size of blades, stun guns, and masks. Eight cold eyes rose like killing wings above the surface of the diminished world. The shadows chose their champions and gathered around them, cheering. I finally achieved a decent look at the nightmare standing before me, a killer of some repute. He was known as the Mad Merc. The killer was rumored to have once been quite a wicked mercenary, possessed of a lethal wisdom and physical skills sufficient to translate such knowledge into fierce action. His last known act as a sane killer was the paid investigation of a residential block that had suddenly and quite mysteriously appeared in the middle of the city of Nailwood. No one knows precisely what happened after he entered the mysterious location. But a good many persons are frightfully aware of what he did after he left it. He murdered and mutilated from one side of the country to the other. His service is now free of charge. I had once acquired a small bit of rumor that suggested his victims were supposedly the same age, height, and weight. I also believe I heard something about his victims having their eyelids removed. Now, there was certainly some kind of madness upon him, in him but it was frozen into a killing thing, disallowed from spilling out uncontrollably, channeled by skills that had been perfected over a lifetime of professional murder. Whatever his past, at that moment he was a large and volatile shadow, a heavily modified stun gun at his side and a smile painted across an otherwise generic gas mask. Magnificently insane and incredibly crafty he may have been, but he wasn't particularly fast. My left hand crushed the gloved fingers around his weapon as my right denied his windpipe's capacity to take in air, all before his eyes could do more than widen in shock. 
I slowly lifted him from the floor, my fingertips registering the minute snapping sensations of his collapsing throat. Unbeknownst to me, his free hand had been busy clawing for the machete strapped to his leg. The weapon cleaved into my side, sending blood rushing down my leg and onto the floor. I threw him high and far into the darkness, hoping the resulting impact might take the fire out of him. He landed quite gracefully for a man clad in so much body armor, quickly climbing back up to his feet. However, my time with his throat in my hand had not been spent idly. I had successfully dislodged my sister from his chest armor, and as the Mad Merc sailed through the air, so had she. She took him in the throat. I was unsure if my sister had managed the appropriate killing death, but the scuffle had managed to allow me to obtain my secondary target, the breathing hose to the mask. I surged forward, my remaining sister laughing as his machete tried once more to taste my blood. She leapt into the oncoming blade, sliding merrily down its length, turning it away from me. Once the killer's blade was deflected far enough, my sister reversed course and hissed across his fingers, sending at least one of them and the machete tumbling to the floor. In an effort to pull away from me, his bloodied hand thrust a stun gun to the wound in my side. Despite the bursting light and exploding pain, I was in no mood for falling. I crushed the stun gun in the hand that held it. His snarling breath bubbled from beneath the mask as blood loss and his own knockout gas sipped leisurely at his consciousness. I tore the mask from his face and held him close to my ear. What did you see in that place that should not have been? Tell me quickly, so that I might put the memory to good use after you were gone. The mercenary wrapped his crushed hand around the back of my neck and pushed his bloody lips closer to my ear, somehow speaking around the blade in his throat. I... I saw a place that couldn't quit the darkness. It, uh, downright refused to go. I wanted to stay there forever, but the things living there told me to leave and never come back. They were so wonderful. The memory seemed to renew him as he continued. They were in love with the mystery of, of everything. Some of them just sat at tables, all huddled together in the dark streets, sipping cold drinks, watching and applauding the gigantic things that floated around the sky, blotting out the colored stars that zipped around in all directions. Others were just lying in the trees, gazing without eyelids at things that were never meant to be seen all at once, if at all. You would have loved it. I know you would have. I dreamed your dream, remember? I needed to get back there, but the only way back was through you. Do you really think I'd let you go there instead of me? Not a chance, big man. The mad mercenary had been up to more than merely demonstrating his gymnastic ability when I'd thrown him from me. He'd been collecting one of his fallen handguns. Three bullets entered my belly. Not wishing to accommodate a fourth, I seized my sister still lodged in his throat and send her tearing through the rest of his neck. The killer's body fell to the floor, his head and grinning gas mask remaining firmly in my hand. I turned eagerly, expecting to see Janice and Jack locked in their deadly contest. Jack was fully present, 
but Janice, his head and both killing masks decorated with carved triangles and crooked smiles, hung pendulously from the soul carver's clenched fist. Jack, his jack-o'-lantern smile beaming, raised his empty hand and waved furiously. Happy Halloween, family man! Happy Halloween, Jack. I responded with sincerity of less volume. Halloween is, after all, my favorite holiday. We searched each other, sinking our gazes into the other's soul, if only into their shallowest pools for the smallest of insights. I had yet to determine if Jack intended to kill me, and so I used the moments leading up to that discovery to reach down and collect my fallen opponent's murder list. Upon standing, and as Jack's face seemed to grow inhumanly large and comical, I realized I was losing quite a bit of blood. I certainly couldn't blame Jack for trying to take my life. I was clearly weakened, and removing one more player from the game, in the proper order or not, would certainly benefit him greatly. I was slightly disappointed to learn that such a lean calculation could find a place in Jack's head. I'd hoped it was too full of Halloween and nonsense to do anything other than spread plump orange nightmares. He was airborne and above my head before I'd even realized he moved. Unlike the mercenary, Jack was mad as well as quick. He slashed down at my head with one of his reddened carving knives, laughing like a child the entire time. I simply bent low and allowed my father, who was sleeping on my back, to intercept the knife. Jack dragged his blade across my father's face, calling up sparks that outlined the remainder of the carver's leap to the far end of the passenger car. I knew I couldn't survive a second conflict. I flew to the opposite end of the car, gathering Janice's head along the way, and barreled through the sliding door at its end. I hopped to the connecting car and raised my father high, plunging him in a wide, swinging arc. He connected with a large coupling that held the cars together. His anger at being awoken for such a menial task produced a blinding shockwave that not only separated the cars, but tore through the immediate area with such ferocity that all became dust and wooden shrapnel. I was launched through the door of the car behind me, the shriek of mangled metal and exploding wood loud in my ears. I lurched to my feet amid the whipping wind and swirling dust. Jack Lantern shrank into the distance, standing at the jagged edge of the disconnected train car. He was cheering wildly, his hands above his head clapping. I smiled, and I offered him a deep, flourished bow. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. 